0: The True Tone Lounge podcast features audio-only versions
1: of our video interviews. To view those, please visit truetonelounge.com or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash truetonefx.
0: a pretty unique way to start a gig to all of a sudden just be you know thrown headfirst in.
1: yeah yeah because you got to get to know everybody quick yeah just figuring out okay who's a keyboard player because I, I just played a whole show with you but was it was it you yeah. you know it was it, yeah it's it's the craziest way to get a gig yeah and honestly i would never do it that way again man mm. not not now <laughs> yeah. but yeah it was it was awesome though it was a blessing and just to know i pulled it off like wow yeah did they give you a,
0: a, a live recording, or did they just... Yes, okay. yes.
1: That's, that's what I learned off of, was, was basically just board CDs. Yeah. And, and they were done really, really well. Um, okay. I'm not sure who was front house at the time, but everything was really clear. And, you know, they were like, basically learn all the guy on the right stuff. Okay. So that's what I did, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I just over and over and over... You know, until I had it down, it was brutal. But yeah, yeah like I said, that was a blessing because I, I can honestly say I, I pulled that off. Man, yeah. I did the first show and no mistakes. Did the second show, got a little cocky and left my fly down. Yeah. Do you remember that? I came off stage and went to go use the bathroom, and you know that epiphany, like yeah, good one. Yeah, you just did the whole show, <laughs> show. with your fly down. That's awesome. That's a good second show, bro. It's <laughs> a good man. second show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they they were all so sweet and and really cool, really inviting. I mean, they're all. Great players and sweet people, so you know that part of it made it much much easier. Nobody was like standoffish or, you know, because I'm ridiculously shy by nature anyway. So yeah. they were they were really really kind to me. Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, crazy way to start a gig.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. So what were what were some of the, when you, when you first started the gig, what, you know, what gear were you using? I mean, you said you had the, the clapping acoustic. Yeah, and
1: I was down to just pedal boards. I can't even remember what was on that board, but it was maybe the size of this guy. Okay. And I had a, a James Tyler, I had a black James Tyler Classic. Um, I can't remember what pickups were in that. But a uh, single, single hum guitar. And I had uh, a Hamer Monaco, which uh, they had semi endorsement. me. I actually had bought it. And it was just great Les Paul style guitar, fit the gig perfect because mm-hmm. they were doing some Guns N' Roses covers where you had to right. do all that crazy, you know, stuff that he does. That guitar fit perfect, um, and I had the the Clapton triple lot that I bought from uh, what were, Cave Creek Music in Arizona, and uh, that was it, man. And the pedal, it was real similar to this. I had like high gain pedals, low gain pedals, but that was so long ago I don't even remember like. What delay was on there it might have been a line six delay or yeah. something. It's all a blur now I do remember I, I had some uh, Brian menace stuff Menatone stuff, right? I had I remember I had the working man And I had a red snapper on there So the working man Blue, and a red snapper those I remember and those were were killer pedals and that's about it I, I, I yeah, it was really similar to this setup so
0: as uh as things kind of evolved with, with Carrie, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you had you know, new albums you know, mm-hmm. coming out. And you know, how much did your rig have to change you know, depending on the record? It, were, were there sounds that all of a sudden you'd have to find out how did they make that sound? Yeah, or, you know?
1: yeah the good news is they're not, especially Carrie, um, she knows what she's doing and she's very musical, but she's not super picky. Like She doesn't listen to someone's tone and go, yeah, that doesn't sound like Tom. Bukovac you know mm-hmm. so they're, they're really cool about that but us as musicians it's like we want to nail nail it so yeah I would hear things um, you know the first gig I was using my D13 that I'd had for years because that stayed around um, and you remember that amp yeah. and I still have that amp but that was the first one and it was great because it was just this really silky beautiful sounding kind of Fender amp uh, as the albums got a little more rock and roll um, at least the 70s kind of like songs like Last Name and Tunes like that is when I started leaning towards the Marshall side. So that's when I kind of morphed into the wanting to use like a Marshall style amp, but keep my D13 and switch between the two. Um, and that, But once again, that was more just for me, to, so I could feel like, man, I'm, I'm getting this, like I'm getting the sounds, you know, that they're even if, even if they're not super nitpicky, I'm going to be nitpicky and make sure I'm getting the sounds. And guitar-wise, too, as I was starting to make enough money you know, I started picking up other instruments mm-hmm. that would work great, and and some of them were, were Hamers. Uh, of course, Duesenberg came into it back then. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a kind of a big one, um, and then of course, you know, uh, you know PRS now. But I, it, I honestly kept my rig relatively simple. I mean, I the last I still have the board that I toured with uh, the tour before this. And even if you look at that board, it's real simple, you know. I mean, I, I could, could have gone crazy with all the programming and what have you, but for the most part I found that, that I could make it happen the simpler the better. It was just easier, and I once again, it's that cerebral stop thinking so much about all that stuff and just turn, step on a landmine mm-hmm. and turn on the guitar and go, you know, yeah. just see what happens before you start over, overthinking it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really did try to keep it as, as simple as possible, and I, I still do, you know. And then, you know, guitar-wise, now I will say guitar-wise, I did end up with a lot more guitars because those bases needed to be covered. There were half-step-down guitars, drop-D guitars. Yeah. That kind of stuff was more necessity. Like, I can't drop-D this thing quick enough. The set's moving, mm-hmm. so this one needs to be a half-step-down. This one needs yeah. to be drop-D. This one's got to have a trim, that kind of thing. So I, I did end up with a lot more guitars because yeah. of that. You know? Yeah, but not because I'm a, a like this mad guitar collector because I'm really not. I, they're tools, so for me it's like okay, I I need something that's going to fit that parameter, and I'll find it, and that's why I got it. But I don't necessarily buy a guitar because oh that looks cool. You know, it's like no, I'm, I'm good with you know. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, that was the, kind of the gear. Yeah. If that makes any sense at all. It it does. So.
0: Uh... Now then in the in the last tour yeah. so this is the uh so so you've used your amps. Yeah. And amps were kinda of, were kind of set, you know, behind risers yeah, or never off on stage. stage. Yeah and they were you know sometimes baffled and, mm-hmm. and mic'd up yeah. and then you were hearing that in your in your monitors right, right. Uh, and and just as a quick aside mm-hmm. I was actually your guitar tech for yeah. a while so you this was back were, yeah. in in 2007 yeah. and when you were using the divide by 13 and, yeah. and the black uh, tyler and yeah. you and you had a, a board and mm-hmm. so uh so I was I was around for some of your you know early gigs yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh so you used kind of a, a pretty you know simple rig, started using Real other simple. guitars because of the different tunings right. and maybe because of some different tones. Right. But then in this last, the Storyteller Tour, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the rig changed completely. Tell us about that. Yeah,
1: well the Storyteller Tour, that that was, Kerry's uh, idea was to, to do it in the round, which that in and of itself is problematic for anybody that's got pedal boards, regardless of what the stage is doing. Um, so we knew it was probably going to be a cleaner stage, you know, but still maybe pedal boards is what I was thinking and then I started hearing about things were going to do this and things were going to do this and this, and then stuff out here was going to do this and that, and I started thinking, boy this there 's a tornado coming. and yeah. uh, and and even even with the guitar thing, it changed because with I had picked out I had nine guitars picked out to get through that set. And I had to dither that down to basically three electrics and one acoustic. That, that's what it had to be because nobody could get the guitars to me. Right. Because everybody's under the stage, everything is moving. It's right. the next impossible. And if you want a clean stage, you can't have guys running around. Right. So basically, it, it came down to we need to go programmed. We need to go automated. And they they came to me first. Like, what well, what would you do? And and once I got over the utter like, oh. what? Yeah. Um I you know, I knew of Kemper and I knew of fractal. and it, it was just basically pick one and we ended up going with, uh, with fractal. and Carrie uh, went ahead and, and invested in the rig for all of us because you know that's it's a good chunk. I mean, for, for us to for me to go buy two fractals, one as a backup, that's a lot of money. So they very kindly went ahead and made the investment because it really wasn't on us. It was we, we didn't have a choice. It's like right. they, they've designed this insanely cool stage. They can't have pedal boards. So, yeah, we had uh, Barry over at XDS put the rig together, and he just killed it. Oh my gosh, redundant, ever you name it, done, plug and play, and killed it. But yeah, it was that just became the like I said, a tornado. It's like wow, I've never used something like this. So now I've got what what is this? A laptop in front of me? Like <laughs> what? Laptop? And then I'm trying to figure out all the weird stuff and, and kind of just get to know the language of that is fractal. And it'd be, it'd be the same thing with Kemper, it's either way. But, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we ended up going that route. I went from wanting to use a bunch of guitars to having to use as few as possible. What I will say is what saved me was the fractals because there's so many sounds and they're so dialable and there's so many different variations of tones on the same amp that you can dial up per preset. It was like, oh man, I'm gonna have to leave this Strat home. I gotta pick the other guitar that'll work for more songs than this will, plus maybe work for the one that, or two that this was gonna go on. Right. And I could save it with fractals. I could bring up uh, a, little, a little, make it a little more toppy, or mm-hmm. make it a little more dark, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It really saved me in that set, you know.
0: So, so what guitar ended up being, you know, like your your three or four guitars that you used with the fractal system? Man.
1: Uh, Basically, uh, I, everybody that's seen my demo videos have seen these, but it was my uh, McCarty 58. Okay. That was my half step down guitar. Uh, the Starla that I have is before they started the, they, I think they did like a different version of it. Mine's a really early Starla that's just killer. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was basically my, I'm going to keep 11s on this. It's got a Bigsby. I can capo it if I need to. It's got this Strat Telly sort of ish, I don't know, Gretsch thing. Killer. Yeah. And then, of course, the Grissom the gold top it was just a no brainer because once again that could be my drop d guitar stayed in tune killer if i had to do crazy whammy bar stuff i knew i'd be good to go yeah. so i narrowed it down to them because this guy was this guy was in there my lsl was in there which is killer um, basically everything i owned the callings was in there but when we had to narrow it down i had to just be really methodical okay well which which three can i cover the bases with knowing that the fractals can get me the rest of the way there, and that's, that's how it happened. It wasn't right. necessarily that, once again, it wasn't necessarily that one was a better guitar than the other, it's like, no, I'm looking at the gig parameter. Mm-hmm. And within this parameter, those guitars were fabulous. And of course, the McPherson uh, acoustic, which is just brilliant, yeah. to, I mean, killer to tour with, just unstoppable guitar. so just the one, uh, instead of you know, two or three, which is what I've right. normally done, it's like, no, yeah. it's just gotta be the one. And that went through the Fractal as well and was brilliant wow yeah now all that to say it's like i i'm once again i'm the guy that's like no i what fits within the gig parameter uh, guitar pedal boards whatever it is i approach it that way so when i look at fractals that was a thing it's like i'm not going to sell all my tube amps and start playing nothing but modelers but at the same time within that gig parameter there is nothing that could have been better than fractal period yeah so that's the thing it's a wonderful tool. Saved all our butts. Made for an amazing show. And consistent. Like, you know, plug in, go. It's like, you know, you're not like, wow, did the mics get out of phase? Is one of them turned around? Did somebody right. break my cabinet? Did I blow a speaker? Yeah. I loved it. And then we'd go to do a TV thing. Well, we just take the fractals, man. It's going to sound exactly the same. So that kind of, when I got peppered with that epiphany, I was like, oh, okay. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not so terrible. I do like that. <laughs> yeah, you still like amps and pedal boards, but yeah. it's nice. Yeah, the, the consistency is, is really yeah. nice.
1: Once again, I, I think gig parameter. I, I'm not one of those guys like, well, no. let's, don't do that. That's crap. That's for hosers. You know, it's like, no. Yeah. If that fits your gig parameter and you're happy, then that's perfect. Right, and if you're not yeah. happy, then play something else. Yeah. <laughs> it's that
0: simple. Because you know? at the end of the day, these are tools.
1: Yeah, they're just tools, man. Yeah. They're you know, and, and obviously people connect with guitars, and, and I, I get all that. But at the end of the day, it is it's it's a tool. It's a means to yeah. broadcast what's in your soul, and you know, and if it have and you don't always get to just play what you want, you have to play what you're asked to play, and that requires a different guitar. That might require something else. So mm-hmm. you go for it from that perspective you know yeah. go at it from that perspective yeah so tell us about
0: uh you know in the last couple of years you also got into doing some gear demo videos so yeah how did you get into
1: that i blame that solely on chris van tessel okay yeah so yeah, chris rocket van tessel pedals. is uh, yes. yeah rocket pedals yeah. yeah sweetheart guy i met him through a buddy of mine named gary patrick who was really into those pedals And uh, we got together and we would just hang out and and I was trying out a lot of their stuff and and we just got into conversations about videos, like demo videos, because he had been doing them to promote. And he's like, you should do that. And I was like... Oh Hazel, no! <laughs> yeah. Am I ever? You know, because for me it's like I don't like how I look on camera. I think I sound like an idiot. As yeah. you're finding out, yeah, no, um, nobody likes being on camera. <laughs> know, it, takes, right? it takes a long yeah. time. Yes, but he just was adamant, man. He just stayed at me about it. Always, just come on, man, just do one. Yeah. So I finally was like, ar, ar, you know, because I had done a couple just out of boredom. I had this flip camera, and I did a couple early on playing. Uh, there was one as a Hamartalig Daga. And I think I did one with a Hamer Classic Tron as well. And I just did them more for Hamer because they were so kind to me. Right. So I thought, well, okay, I'll take a swing. At it. Why don't you give me the Tim Pierce pedal, and I'll do a, what, a demo of it, whatever you call it. I'll do that for free, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I'll just throw it up there. and You can look at it, and if it's crap, you, you will have learned your lesson about asking me to do demos. So I did it. It came out good. He loved it. I hated it. Mm-hmm. But the reason I'm still doing them now is I can't do them for free. They're a lot of work. I don't do them for free. Yeah. But the reason I'm still honestly doing them is because I realized, wow, I can actually help people. Like, I didn't think I had anything to offer as just, you know, because I'm just Joe Blow. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. And. But I found that people were commenting like, God, when you just mentioned that one thing about how to properly gain stage a pedal, and when you turn up the gain, you might want to watch your output because that's why your amp sounds like it's going to blow up right. because you just heard a bunch more gain but didn't realize you also have a bunch more output. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly love that.
0: Like, yeah. wow,
1: I, that's great. You yeah. know, So that's what keeps me doing it now is if I can yeah. educate somebody with just the simplest thing. you know, Because even a pro will will catch something like, what? Oh, yeah. But you, know, you get these guys that are so struggling with dialing in their sounds, and everybody struggles. But there's certain things where you're just you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just starting off wrong. And if you can just kind of educate them on just the basics of how to start with the amp and then how to dial in your first gain stage second and all that, then all of a sudden they wake up and it op- opens up their whole world. Or I'll just say something about something I did on guitar about a neck shape, or, or not a neck shape, but just a chord shape. And people will be like, dude, that's so cool that you said that. It helped me so much. Yeah. And I dig that, man. It's like I love to just see that big smile pop on somebody's face when you feel like, you know, you've opened up a whole world by saying, you know, well, you should just, this is a shape. You ever seen that shape? And yeah. all of a sudden they're just like, Pow! and they they go home and they're inspired again and they're creating. I, I love that. So that's what's keeping me doing it. But, yeah, and, I you know, I'm, I'm going to keep doing them. Um, like I said, you know, I can't. Do them for free. I mean, the way I do them is a lot of work. I write a song, yeah. you know. I get the pedal. I learn the pedal. I write a song based on what that pedal does, you know. And, mm-hmm. and then talking points and all that. It's a lot yeah. of work, but it's it really enjoyable. Yeah. I honestly, I dig well, it. Well,
0: they're they're great, and uh, you know, a lot of you know, a lot of people enjoy them. Well, and so. the
1: good news is, I've done you guys' as pedals. I've yes. done a lot of pedals, and and what I found out was nobody makes a turkey of a pedal because yeah. you're just dreading like, oh yeah. God, is this going to be that turkey? Like, yeah. man, well, and that wasn't always the case. Uh-uh. Oh there no, was, yeah, yeah.
0: In, until about uh, you know even even twenty years ago, mm-hmm. you could still get a lot of turkeys, oh, but yeah. but now the uh, you know people have such high expectations yep. and, and and the uh, all the, the pedal designers have all gotten so much better They're so stepped that, up, that yeah. you don't you know you don't really get turkeys Mm-mm. it's just whether you like that flavor or yeah, it. it's, it's, yeah. Either,
1: it's either going to fit what you do or not but it's not there's no such yeah. thing as oh, that pedal's a piece of crap It's like no you don't like the way it sounds or it doesn't fit your yeah. thing but this is a great pedal It just yeah. may not be the right one for you yeah And yeah so anyways that's that's kind of how all that's going.
0: So you've also uh, kind of hinted at potentially making a a guitar record.
1: Yeah, I probably shouldn't have made that public, but it's probably good that I did because it'll force me to do it. Yeah. But yeah, I I I need to, man. I just I've I've been that guy that's just always you know showing up on the session and getting the sounds they want, or showing up on the gig and, and playing the parts they want. And I just I honestly got really miserable about playing guitar. I did. I, mm-hmm. I was just like, man, I don't like this anymore. I just, especially electric guitars, I just don't like them. Yeah. But it's because I'm the guy that, that really, you know, and my pedal demos contradict that, but I'm the guy that really just wants to... And that's it, you know. Can I just play that, you know? No, you can't, because we need you to play, you know, this rock solo or this Tom Bukovac line or whatever. But I, I realize this, but I need that outlet. I need to be able to just, you know... Play yeah. the way I want to play. Like when I sit and play, that's that's what I do. You know, it's like all that. It's cool. That's you know, but that's not really. You know, I mean, I'll do that and I enjoy that, but I yeah, I just need this outlet. So that's been tough, Zach. It's the hardest thing I've ever done because now I am soul searching. Mm-hmm. I, I, I you end up contradicting yourself because now I can't go. Well, this is just a tool for this parameter. Mm-hmm. It's like no, this is mine. So. What is it that I do? What do I like to play? How do I want to sound? I, and I want to make sure what I do is honest music. Yeah. It's not trying to perpetuate something else. It's like no, this is on that day.
0: Yeah. This yeah, is there, what I played and I recorded yeah. it. And yeah. I hope
1: I hope people like it.
0: Because yeah. there's, there's a whole different you know. Uh, Kind of, there's a huge difference between when you're playing for someone else yeah. and when you're playing for yourself, yeah. and when you're you're kind of not really, you're purposely not having an identity, and then all of a sudden you've got to have an identity yeah. when you're when you're playing, yeah. you know, when it's a solo record.
1: Yeah, it's like, dudes, so, who are you? You know. Yeah. So even that, just that, you know, you know, I've put up, you know, that's what I love to do. Like when I sit with a guitar, that's that's what I'll do. You yeah. know? So I thought, well, I'm just whenever I sit and do that. I'm going to put up Easy Drummer or whatever I have and I'm going to record it so I don't forget it and then I'll keep coming back to it. And then I'm, you know, it's like, well, it's got to go somewhere, so what about... It's like, okay, well, I'll plug that in somewhere. I don't know if that's right, but let's give her a shot. you know. Yeah. And then you, you know, you're trying to find, like, voice leadings that are cool and, and, and oh, that's, that is cool, but I have no idea what to play over that. Yeah. So then you struggle against that. It's like, well, how could why would you come up with something that you can't even play over then? Yeah. <laughs> cuz <'Cause laughs> it's a challenge. Yeah, it totally is. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm really excited to, to get at it. It's just the scariest thing I've ever embarked on as, yeah. as far as just cuz I want it to be honest and I don't want to overthink it. The second you start overthinking it, you're just not being honest, you know. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm going to stay at it, man. The, the first song, that one that song is actually finished. Um, and ready to be recorded with players and the whole deal, and even that, it's like, who do I get on? You know, I've got guys in my mind, but I need to keep writing before I know who's going to fit all yeah. the elements. Before you ca- cast and, yeah. the different yeah. one, the different roles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But yeah, it's 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 going to be great, man. Uh, for me, I don't know if it's yeah. going to be great for everybody to listen to, but for yeah. me, it's something I really need to do, or I'm just going to go nuts. Yeah. Well, please keep <laughs> us updated on. I that. will. Yeah, okay. for sure.
0: Hi. I'm Zach Giles with True Tone and today I want to let you know about an innovative new product called the TVD voltage doubler from our OneSpot Pro line developed by Bob Weil. The TVD voltage doubler is a converter cable that can take whatever voltage you input into it from 9 volts to 12 volts and double it. So now from a regular 9 volt output you can get 18 volts and switching that 9 volt to 12 volts And then using the converter, you can get 24 volts DC. So now you can power your pedals better and more efficiently. Find out more at truetone.com. Well, Sean, let's talk a bit about your gear. Yeah. So, so uh, first off, tell us about this sewer guitar.
1: Yeah, this is a Classic Pro. Okay. Um, so I, I, I don't know, like, in the marketing scheme of things where this sits, but uh, it's a really attainable custom-built Stratocaster, I think, mm-hmm. price-wise. Um, alder body, uh, rosewood neck, uh, it's, uh, I'm sorry, rosewood fretboard, maple neck, um, slightly aged. It's got um, the Michael Landau standards, uh, singles, and I believe this is an SSV in the back, uh, okay. which is pretty warm, kind of PAFE, not super bright, not super hot. Um, I kind of latched onto it because it gives me kind of my vintage thing that I like without uh, vintage problems. Yeah, There's a lot yeah. of, you know what I mean? Because yes. you know how that goes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's really it. It's wired a little bit differently, but not really. I mean, it's I okay. differently than why, how I would wire it. Uh, the back is obviously just for the treble. This one handles both these guys. I'm eventually gonna make it so this pickup is never touched. So I can just roll off this pickup or roll okay. off this pickup. So you're, you're going to
0: wire it to where the, the neck pickup has no tone stays control on it. Yeah, so right open. now you have the, the bottom tone controls for the bridge. Just bridge. And the second tone control is for both the neck, neck and middle, yep. but you're going to rewire it. Yeah, yeah. eventually.
1: Yeah. Um, and this is the first time, you know, because I'm a big lower pickup guy, you know, and mm-hmm. we were talking about this. Um, this is the first time I'm, I'm going to leave this guitar alone. Usually when I get a Strat, it's like... Lowers, yeah. you know, um, and it's not because the pickups that are in there are terrible. It's right. because it's what I'm used to. It's what you like. But this one, man, I've just left it alone. It just yeah. sounded good right away. I was like, this is done. And the next shape is, um, it's kind of a more of kind of a fatter C, I guess. It's I wouldn't call it a, like a D-shaped neck, but it's it's just crazy comfortable.
0: Yeah, it, you know? it feels like one and eleven sixteenths here. Yeah. It feels a little yeah. wider at, at mm-hmm. the at the nut, and you've yeah. got. Locking tuners, locking tuners, no yeah. uh, no string tree. Right. It's vintage style saddles, but then it's got a two point, so it kind of stays in tune. Right. So yeah, yeah. It's kind of the the whole uh, you yeah. know vintage, but with modern features. Right. So it, right. Because uh, I you know tune. I used to
1: really frown upon locking tuners because they just didn't look cool. Yeah. It's, but then you're like, well wait a second. Yeah. If I got to change strings in a second, yeah. I'm really going to be happy that I've got these locking tuners and not some vintage tuner that's yeah. going to slip either yeah. way as I'm winding it out. I got to get the string out of it. And, well, and you know,
0: and if it's an old strat, style you you have to cut off you, the, you cut, know the yeah, end of the, into just, the string, shove yeah. it down in there and yeah.
1: and like I said, we all love old strats, but I I've, I've just kind of learned I guess in my old yeah. age that man, nothing wrong. We get, we're so aesthetically driven. It's like, "Well, I don't like the way it looks." It's like, "Yeah, but that really works great." Yeah. <laughs> but it works it's working fantastic. It's really good, yeah. Now there's you know, there's certain roads I won't go down. Like I'm not yeah. I don't like anything that's robotic or any gadgetry. I'm not I'm yeah. not that guy. That's where yeah. I draw the line. But yeah, when you're melding, you know, vintage and modern together, these guys have done it remarkably well. Yeah. Remarkably well. And this is this is I think is a, a 95 radius or maybe a 10 radius. Oh, no, no. Okay. It's compound. I think it's a I think it's 95 and then 12 which is really cool cuz once fantastic. again it gives me the shape and the feel I want down here but if I get up here and a producer we were just talking about this yeah. you know can you make that note sustain and you got your old strat and it goes you know <laughs> and it just stops and you like i said you can't tell the producer well this is an old strat you be like yeah. can you make the note sustain can you make the note sustain <laughs> yeah but can you make the note sustain <laughs> yeah. that's great it's an yeah. old strat can you make the note sustain
0: <laughs> take us through some of the some of the sounds of the guitar just yeah. you know real quick just you know clean maybe mm-hmm.
1: you know yeah so that's neck position. That tone is that, uh, uh, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Except it, he does it. Yeah. you know. Actually,
0: does. It. Does that split the humbucker when it's in that in that mode? Or I is don't it think so. I think okay. it's still wide yeah, that's open. That's pretty, pretty nice and quacky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. So this is ju- this is just the back pickup now. I uh, know this is this position. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then the back, you know, I'll roll it off, I'll leave it open now, but it's pretty smooth, you know. It's like I don't feel like, I, I, I'm i not scared to like, you know, usually back humbucker, I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it works great, but I, I'll usually roll that off. So it's even what gauge? What gauge strings do you use? Uh, uh, these are ten to forty six, yeah, and I know that's you know it's a little wimpy, but that's just it's just that's what I'm used to, man. Yeah. Um, and I've been a D'Addario guy for yeah. ever, forever. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember when I wasn't using them, so yeah. I'm now just are, used to them.
0: Are these the the standard uh,
1: ten through forty six, yeah. or
0: this the NYXL, no. or any of those other? Now,
1: I, now I do have guitars. I'll put the NYXLS, but it's not. Once again, it's not a uh, like this cerebral, mathematic thing, it's just, there are certain guitars that the NY's work so much better on, like my Starla. Okay, it longer scale, there's something about it that those strings just worked really great.
0: So what do you feel is the difference between the the two
1: strings? I hear something in the, the NYXL's, I hear something in the mids, uh, especially on like the D string, G string, they do seem to have a little bit more tension they're a little bit stiffer but they're also more consistent mm-hmm. um, across the board and once again that's to each his own that's not what sells me on a string honestly right. um, but once again mm-hmm. if, if it fits a certain guitar and and especially the 11s just really sit great because i'll use 11 to 52 actually on the starla mm-hmm. and man the nyxls were just the bomb it was like wow. this is i don't know why this works but this is Let's yeah. not change it, you know. So, but for the most part, when I just want to sit and play, this is what I'm used to. It's like I'm used to yeah. just the old, you know, but I guess these are nickel wounds or, uh, you know, EXL set, you yeah. know. And I, yeah, I've been yeah. using them forever, yeah. you know.
0: And uh, you play with your finger some, what kind of pick do you use?
1: Man, I pretty much just stick to Fender Heavies. Um, nothing fancy, yeah. because the thing that always scares me is you find that one pick you just love. I yeah. love that pick. It's so magical. <laughs> and then they stop making that pick. Yeah. <laughs> so, it it so happens like, over and over yeah, again. Fender's it, not going to stop making these, man. Yes. So these are fine. I do have, like, uh, I've got one actual tortoiseshell pick that mm-hmm. I'll use every once in a while on a session or if I'm doing, you know, the Gypsy Jazz stuff. Right, or the acoustic but, thing. Yeah, yeah, but even then, man, on, on sessions, this still just works. And Fender Heavy Mediums, I just can't... anything. It's got to be heavies or extra heavies. I've got extra heavies for tonal things that I'm doing, but pretty much heavies the only. Yeah. Pretty much it. For Can you me, use the you know. the point or the or the rounded part? Every or? once in a while, I'll turn it. it once yeah. again, that depends. Um, yeah. There. Um, but for the most part, I don't. If I'm on like a session and they're really wanting some sort of like dark yeah. thing, then I'll, yeah. I'll go that route. Yeah. But that's what I love about it is, man, you can get a drag a lot out of this pick. You can. You know, and you can, yeah. you can drag a lot out of your hands. And mm-hmm. I guess that's what's great about Stratocasters too is there's just so many variations. I mean, I'm I'm all for you know just a couple humbuckers. And they sound killer. But if you just want to get gazillion tone variations it's kind of you know that's the michael landau thing and of course yeah, jimmy the, and all those guys were constantly you know throwing pickups you know dialing tones up and down rolling volumes and you can obviously do that with a two humbucker guitar but there's just something about a stratocaster and having yeah. a five-way switch is just yeah. killer
0: you know and you like using the the humbucker in the on a, on a strat in the back
1: uh i sh- i won't say i, I like that um it's, I, that's why I have two strats. I've got this Stratocaster, and I've got an LSL Stratocaster, and that yeah. one is my more vintage, uh, strictly singles, no humbucker in the back. Okay. Um, I go back and forth, um, and it's just what it, how, however I'm feeling that day is what I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do. If I'm, if I'm wanting a little bit more stringy and not quite so fat, then I'll pick that guitar up and, and play it. Um, Gig-wise, this serves me better. Because right. they always want the big. It has more versatility crank, crank. to it,
0: yeah, because of the humbucker. Yeah, in the back.
1: but um, I'm I'm I love them both. All three single coils, single single hum, killer. You know, and I actually yeah. I've seen guys using uh, filter trons in the back. Wow. Um, and, and it sounds insane. Yeah. Like it really sounds great. So it's just you know it's it's whatever. Yeah. You know comes to that.
0: So let's talk about your pedal board. Sure. So, uh, you know, from your guitar, you go into a polytone tuner, and yeah. then, then where from there? Uh,
1: if memory serves me correct, uh, polytuner into the, the Wampler. Okay. Uh, and I don't use compression very much, almost never, to be honest with you. That's a, a really great sounding compressor. It's pretty transparent. It kind of gives you the, the Dynacomp thing, but with a little, yeah. little more
0: versatility. Yeah. So what do you use it for?
1: Um, honestly, that's more of a session thing, too, because I don't, I don't even have it dialed. The way it's dialed right now, I would use it to thicken up a solo tone, believe it or not. Okay. You know, if I and, and if I was doing like a funk mm-hmm. without it. Mm-hmm. Great for that, but I um, no one hires me to do funk. So, yeah. <laughs> usually what'll happen is it'll get turned on because I'm trying to blow a solo or something and it's maybe to my ears or even to the producer's ears, there's a little too much transient, a little too much hair happening. Mm-hmm. And we've tried low gain, we've tried higher gain, and sometimes just turn that on, takes the transients out of it, mm-hmm. and you can blow the same thing and, and, and get it. So that's kind of where that comes into play. So I'm a little less traditional when it comes to compressors, and, and honestly, that's why I don't use them very much. Yeah, They're fabulous. I'm yeah. not dogging compressors, no, man. No, no, Take it easy, Zach. No, no. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> okay, and then from that, this is a newer pedal uh, for me. Uh, it's the Chime pedal by Petty John. And uh, it's, it's a really kind of low gain, just wakes everything up kind of pedal. Um, I actually did a demo on this one and just fell in love with it. I don't. I use it more for situations like we're in right now where we've got this beautiful uh, Vibrolux, but we've got it turned way down. I'll just show you what I'm doing with it. So that's, that's the Vibro, sounds killer. But at that volume, I don't necessarily want to get a ton louder, but I just want to kind of expand it and maybe get a little bit of hair. So now yeah. there's a little tiny bit of grit and breakup yeah. without cranking the amp to get that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still really natural. Now you no. could use that as a grind box, yeah. But that's not what I've really purposed it as. I, I really like it for that purpose. Like if I'm, I say I'm at the Opry. Yeah. and you've got that thing pointed right at you. You know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yes, the, the monitored amps. You, yeah, 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 and you got to have it at whisper volumes. Yeah. That's the lifesaver because it just yeah. kind of puts some life back into it.
0: Now, just so we know, we actually, uh, the whole time, you've actually had uh, the Petty John has been on the whole time yes. so far. Yep. And then also the Flint has been on with, yes. uh, with some Verb. The Verb, And, yep. then, and then has the, uh, the Timeline been yeah. on
1: too? Yeah, I just, that's my thing, Zach. Like, I just... Okay. I, you know, I'll always, when I'm just sitting and playing, that's yeah. my thing. You know, so I'll no. turn on a little bit of verb and, so, yeah, uh, just slap back delay off of the, the timeline.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. No, that, that's great. Just, yeah. just so everyone knew, you right. know, when they were hearing that, they weren't just hearing the Petty John, they were also hearing a little bit of verb from the Flint yep. and, yeah. uh, and a, a quick slap back from, yeah, like from like the timeline. Yeah, like a
1: dart. Yeah. Dark slapback. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So so after the petty John, okay. Yeah, what's after next? that,
1: it's basically gain stages. So the okay. next one is is the blue note. Uh, that's a J J J-rad or rocket pedal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use it for pretty low gain. So it's basically to take what I'm doing right now and just kind of dime it up a little. Okay. You know? That's about it. I know I'll, I'll, every once in a while I'll hit like back position stuff with it. But you can see that I, you know, inherently I'll always, you know, right. roll it back first on the Trev and then see what it sounds like. But I would say overall, that's my neck position, you know, semi-broken kind of thing. And then from there, um, and I don't you can stack these pedals. I don't really dial them for that, but they mm-hmm. will stack. But I, I like to just have one on or one off. Um, but that being said, I keep the John on. Um, the next one is kind of a... It's a JRAD pedal as well, and it's kind of based on, I'm guessing, a JTM-45 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, being called the 45 caliber. So, that's my... Little more gain, maybe more of a rhythm box, mm-hmm. but I'll you know I can take a solo with it. But um, little more gain, I really latched onto that one uh, when I uh, when I heard it. That just feels great. So that that guy's uh, the pretty much the next gain stage humbucker, and then the GTO, which is based on uh, Guthrie's. Uh, pedal, and I'm not sure what circuit they actually started with, but it's kind of my higher gain, uh, pedal. And I don't, I don't really use it for, for me as much, that's my, they need a high gain solo for a session, you know. I
0: think that's a ramped up Nobles.
1: You could, I mean, yeah, it, I, I believe so. it sounds open, and I mean, I, yeah. I never really asked them, but it's really great uh, in, in that there's like a warmth kind of thing that you can bring in as well as top. I love pedals yeah. that dial that way. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been a really versatile pedal. I go between that and another pedal called the Dude. Um, yeah. That's on my big board right now. Okay. And it's a little more kind of squishy, chewy vibe. It's not quite as quick as this pedal, mm-hmm. it doesn't have quite as much gain, but that fits. That's uh, that's a little bit closer to me. Like that's, you know, yeah. if, I, if I'm if i going to turn on a, a, a tone for a back position solo, it's probably going to be something like the Dude, you know? Yeah. And then from there to the Flint, which, man, as far as pedals I've bought, that has just been a gem. It's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, Flint, what? Tremolo and reverb, what? Well, I kind of need a reverb and it saves room for tremolo. But when I got it, I was like, man... So that's the verb. We're
0: how, about, right? how about we turn off the uh, the delay for oh, a second, sorry, yeah. just so we can
1: just yeah. hear the, the verb. So I've got it like basically yeah. kind of a spring thing, mm-hmm. and I keep it a little darker. I could make it brighter. I could make it longer because you can go from yeah. that to like a, a way more modern thing too. You yeah. know, which is. But for me, it's like I'm I'm just wanting like a '60s verb. And once again, if I end up on a gig where they they don't have. An amp, or the ver- verb is broke. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a kind of a lifesaver, you know. Um, and the tremolo. The tremolo is a tremolo, and it sounds yeah. fabulous. It's, it's really a great box. Yeah. You know, there's obviously three different settings on there, but yeah, yeah I I really enjoy that that Flint. They. Those kids are to something. Yeah, yeah, they did <laughs> a great sure. job on that. Yeah, they did.
0: And the uh, and the timeline. The
1: timeline, that thing is is really deep. As you know, there's all kinds of craziness yeah. that you can do. But I honestly only use it. Yeah, let's turn turn the verb off oh, for a second yeah.
0: and let us hear it without it, and then and mm-hmm. then turn the, the slap back on.
1: Yeah. So, so we're just running straight. Of course, yeah. Petty John's still on, but yeah, you know, and it's. It's mainly because I have it on a slapback. I I I don't have a specific time. You know, I'm not hearing like a delay going, so I can just. it Gives me that ambience. I'm not worried about. Oh man, I better tap this into time. Right. You know, I can just. That's why I like it, just sitting kind of the way it is. It never really distracts me. It just gives me you know an ambient Mm -hmm. thing. Because we could slow it down. And it's cool. Yeah. But for me it's like, well I don't, you know. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> so that's just a dark digital delay. I, mm-hmm. I I took the digital one, turned down the trip. That's yeah. it, man. That's honestly that's that's what yeah. that is. And then the other setting I use is basically the same thing, just a little bit brighter. And that's more once again, session atmosphere. You know, if they're wanting don't play that chord on a session; you get fired. <laughs> but you know, if they're wanting like a, you know, like a, you know, that's what that delay's for. I know sometimes I'll darken it up. Sometimes you know, it's it's whatever. It's whatever, but. I'm not, once again, I'm not a big programmer guy. Like, oh, I'm going to get a bunch of different sounds in this thing. It's like once I'm on the session, if they want to reverse delay or if I'm feeling like a modular or whatever, I'll yeah, just do it. Just dial it yeah. up. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm way too lazy yeah. to program. So then you've got the Dunlop
0: volume pedal. And yeah. Then, uh, yeah. And then you've got some kind of uh, power box underneath I, there. I don't
1: know. I can't remember the company. Yeah. They're all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, it's got the true tone under there. That's I think that's a CS seven, right? Yes. Yeah. So the CS 7s powering up that whole thing. And and that thing's been great because this guy likes to see twelve volts, mm-hmm. and it likes to double it to twenty four. So and you get into panic mode, or it used to be, you get into yeah. panic mode the second you see something's driving, You're like, oh my god, yeah. what am I gonna do? How am I gonna power these? Because you know something's gonna not work. Right. But those ha- that thing's got a lot of milliamps. Like I can't remember what the total on that is but it's it's up there enough that you can thousands yeah, thousands yeah you can get away with actually like I think a couple of these I I ended up daisy chaining together okay. both those guys are still powering fine I got 12 volts doubling to 24 to that and then 10 on the rest it's like yeah it's not heavy it's right crazy reliable yeah love yeah. that power supply well cool well, Sean, uh, and then
0: you know, just uh, just to be complete today, yeah. uh, you're using uh, this is my uh, '67 Blackface Vibrolux reverb amp that uh, you're using today, just uh, you know, just to make things easy, yeah. so you could just show up with a guitar and a pedal board. But yeah. but your probably your favorite amp is that divided by thirteen, and what model yeah, is that? Hands
1: down, that's FTR37. Okay, and it's it's it's. I would classify it as more of a deluxe, um, but, yeah, I've had that amp. I was trying to figure out how long I've had it. I'd have to call Freddie; He'd probably know, but 13, 15 years? I yeah. mean, it's just the one amp, you know, because you need other amps for other things. Like, I'm really after a, a, a JTM45 thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and there's some guys that are doing it, and I'm going to start pestering them, but as far as just that one amp, um, that's, that's, yeah, that's been my amp. You know, and and will continue to be. It's like I'll yeah. have other amps that are ancillary around it that are also great, but yeah, I've just had that thing forever, home base. Yeah. You know, and it's very much like this. Yeah. That's why this because this is glorious. It's such a good amp, Zach. Ugh. But yeah. it, it's it's still it's that same thing. It's like man, I can just plug into it and play, Yeah. I'm not constantly
0: twiddling you know, knobs. Yeah, it just gets old. You know. Well, Sean, thank you so much for thank coming. Thank you, out. Zach. Man. Yeah.
1: I really appreciate
0: yes. it. Right. It's
1: been fun. This has been an audio presentation by
0: TrueTone, TrueTone.com.